I am unashamed. What about you? So there's always 100% of the time when I walk back in the door down there, no matter what time I get up and leave, I mean, there's a note on the arm of the chair I see, see, stay seated in, my office, I call it. But there'll be a note. The first thing that would be is where she's going, how long she'll be. She'll be back at a certain time. I'm like, hmm. Maybe that's why y'all have had such a long-lasting marriage. Maybe. Communication. Yeah. The menu is then discussed. You know, this is where I'm going. This is where I'll be. Call this number if you want me. And the menu today, and she'll put down there what the menu is. The Do you ever write a note back to her? No. No. The rest, I just the read rest her of, notes, and I read her notes, you know. And The rest of us do this, too, Dad. It's called texting. We we do it with our phones. But, That's true. I mean, yeah. what, what you're experiencing. That, so. wasn't, that, wasn't, a, that wasn't good to me. <laughs> I know. That's why she to, is texting. She's texting you, you but she's writing her text on a piece of paper and putting it where you're going to That's what it is. That's what it is. So she just – Except you don't ever text the menu, And then she has – when she'll be – the time that she'll be arriving back, back there. She does it every day. Every day, game every plan. Day. So every, see the if note, you the notes are there. if you could text or draw, you could like send back a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what people do. They give you this, and then I'll just go. I'll put they have, but they have an actual cartoon figure of a thumb, and you send that. Whatever she down. had on the menu, when she does arrive back, she will say, "How'd you like your?" And she'll. Ask me about the critique. menu. Yeah. How was, how was the menu? Any downside to the menu? And I'd say something like, well, you know, I said, was that chicken breast or chicken thighs you used yesterday? <laughs> and she said, that was chicken thighs. And I said, I said they were good. That's pretty good. I said, you had little Brussels sprouts in there, you know, mm-hmm. a little onion. And she just kind of baked them, browned them a little bit, and then baked them in the mm-hmm. oven, chicken thighs. Yeah, I thought, you know, yeah, well, the lid, I didn't know what was in there. Well, they used chicken thighs. She told me she had a pan in there, you know, take it out and whatever. You know, when you come in, this will be this, will be there, that'll be this, that'll be this, that, and the other. Did you like your sweet corn? She had that there, you know. So she she runs through the list seeing how I liked it. (laughs) And if I say, don't ever do that again, she'll never do it again. So the thighs have the more moisture is what they say. Well, Well, that's funny because I spent my whole childhood thinking that the breast was the best piece because it was the biggest piece. And now that I've gotten older, I realize I was craving actually the worst piece of the chicken. That's right. I mean, the best piece is the dark meat. I don't meat. know about the worst. I, I mean, it's pretty good. I'm just I'd saying. Give that to the neck, maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the neck's pretty good. The back. Granny used to always eat the back, and I always thought, mm. look at poor Granny eating the back. But the the meat on the back is really good. It's just not much of it. If I if I give her information for she takes off on meeting with the girl, the ladies, you know, and they all have these women's meetings, you know, so they'll cry, you know. It's just a just a woman's deal. You, you you tend to stay away from it. It's just like ten well, women are and and they've got their own little cubby hole. They meet uh-huh. down there, you know. They've got their little books they have in the Bible, and some are out of the rehab. So there's a, usually always ones they're reaching out to. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. an ongoing, continual structure. 
on Sunday she had her. So I went to lunch with. A, we had a meeting at a restaurant for our marriage retreat, and so I walked by and I hear a bunch of loud racket in one little section of the restaurant. Yep. And I look in there and it's mom with like six of her friends. I guess like it was after church. That's right. And she's got them to put the Saints game on in the room they're in. And so, you know, she's she's in there like she's at the game. Yeah. But they're in a restaurant, a crowded restaurant. So I was like, so I just came up behind her. She didn't know I was going to be there. And I was like, uh, man, we, we, we've got a lot of complaints about the noise coming out of this room. She looks around kind of. She gives me an update on on the, the football world. And, and she she characterized what the, your favorite team, <laughs> the Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> She had the Dallas Cowboys there, you know. She said Dallas, the score was like forty or something, you know. And oh, she gave you the final yeah, score. Yeah, Hertz and the boys were over there on the other side, you know. So she left this on a note. Too. Yeah, she left it on a note. She said, <laughs> she said, short and sweet. It was a blowout. <laughs> it was a blowout. I was happy last night. Anytime they beat the Eagles, I'm always happy. But it was, it was. I missed good. it. You missed it. Missed they look pretty good, actually. I think they're going to be pretty decent this year. Dak is back, as they say. The Saints are like Jekyll and Hyde. They looked awesome week one. They looked horrible week two, and then they looked great again. Well, uh, let me give you a cue in. Week two, they didn't have all their coaches because they had the oh, coronavirus. Really? They were missing seven of their coaches, ah, which proved to me that huh. coaching does matter. It does matter. Game day coaching. Just take them out, and they got strapped. <laughs> but they are all looking around. What do we do? But I will say in their defense, I watched Carolina play – last week and they're pretty good of course yeah. they got our guy they got our LSU guy Joe Brady who was the mastermind of our 2019 LSU season but they lost McCaffrey for right. a few weeks so yeah. good luck well, they're playing the Cowboys this week we'll see yeah in and our, in our particular text that we've been looking at a tax collector <laughs> was uh, called by Jesus Matthew and I just wanted to just Form a little uh, cadre of information. Can I ask something before you do that? Uh, Look, yeah. is is this? You know, this may be obvious. I, I don't mind being looking like an idiot. Is Matthew in chapter nine the Matthew who wrote it? Yes. You sure? Yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. He's talking about himself. Yep. So mm. you have Matthew. He wrote this down. How do we know that, by the way? Well. I mean, because all the other ones have the same thing. They call him Levi, which is his other name. Mm -hmm. But this the same. But couldn't it have been another guy, Matthew, writing the book of Matthew? Well, it could have been, but it but it's pretty much widely accepted oh, okay. that Matthew is the apostle. Okay, because he's. Uh, an I mean, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I just was curious. Yeah. So what struck me in this, and it struck me, the return of Jesus is going to be the day of judgment. So. It'd be too late then. But if uh, a person on par with Jesus at any time in history had shown up, in this case, he showed up 2,021 years ago, and what was said about him before he got here, which is amazing, uh, because I'm, I'm looking at the, when we first started this in Matthew 1, I'll elaborate that on a little bit, but over in the psalm, the psalmist said, uh, He, God, forgives all my sins. 
he heals all my diseases. Well, I mean, well, when did when did the psalmist write that out? Was that what psalm is that? Which one is it? That's Psalms uh, one hundred and three. That's roughly what fifteen hundred years ago. Probably so. Quite a while. Yeah. Well, he actually quoted. Where was that? Where he quoted in Matthew? It's in eight seventeen when he said, "This is to fulfill what was spoken through the that, prophet that's Isaiah." Correct. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Carried our diseases. So he forgives our sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit, speaking of the resurrection, and crowns me with joy and compassion. Well, that's over Psalms 103. Well, when you when you turn, you finally get to Matthew. All this time has passed. You look up, and the purpose of the Jesus showing up, the purpose is about the birth of Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. Well, that's Matthew 1.18. Matthew is recording this. We're now in about chapter 9 and chapter 10 here. She will give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus if you don't think all this was worked out in advance because he will save his people from their sins. So the purpose of his arrival, one of the purposes is said to Mary even before Jesus was born. He said, he'll have a purpose. You call him Jesus uh, and uh, because he'll save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and uh, will give him and will give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You start right there, and I just started reading these texts, like Matthew 6, 12, leading up to where we, where we are now. Matthew 6, 12. Uh, let's see. Can I interject something? Yeah. When you're, yeah keep well, you just read this about God with us, which was something I kind of had an epiphany about last night when I was thinking about this. I think when people read Matthew 8 and 9 and they fast forward to their current lives, there's a temptation for people to say, what can God do for me? And especially in the miraculous world. And that's why when you came, come up with the illustration in chapter 9 where he, he's going to forgive the paralytic sins, it just seems kind of contrary to what his problem is. He's paralyzed. He, okay. you know, what can you do for me? What, what, so what I'm doing is I'm laying a framework mm. where what he told the paralytic, he didn't talk about the paralytic, you know, and I'm going to raise you and you're going to be on your feet in a few minutes. He said, I'm going to forgive your sins, mm -hmm. which is going back to Psalm 103. And then you got Matthew and Jesus is talking, forgive us our debts. Well, it's it, it's it's when 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 Jesus started, this is how you should pray. And inside that prayer, forgive us our debts. What I'm what I'm pointing to is the forgiveness of sin, the removal of sin. You go from Matthew, look at Mark, Luke, and John. 
They're all saying the same thing. So that's Matthew 6, 12. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive, we're back on it again, men, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you don't forgive men their sins, he won't forgive yours. He's laying down a framework where the overarching picture is, I have the power to remove your sin. I will keep no, it says in other places, record of wrongs like y'all do. You humans, you keep a record of wrongs because I love you. I keep no record of wrongs. I'm going to remove it, and it's going to be removed, and I'm not looking at a chart and looking at your mess-ups. That's all taken care of in advance. The blood will remove your past sins, and you trust in me, and you confess your sins as you follow me. I will. Rem- I, I don't count those against you. I don't have a chart with your list of sins on them because think about it. If you looked at every human being's chart, it would be ugly, Al. It would be ugly on the amount of sin. That it would. So that's fifteen. Well, you know, you if get you the- asked all humans to grade on the school scale, what do you think they would say? Like I hear Phil all the time say, "I'm a C plus man." But if you went to that, he means yeah. Intellectually, but if you had people grade themselves on how good they were, yeah. Because <laughs> what what would do you think would do you think anybody would give themselves an A? You know, I'm sure somebody would. But. You, know, you know who would? A psychopath. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, so, but, but most people would give themselves an F. So nice. we'll roll past nine. I think they give themselves a B. Yeah, really? we'll, we'll roll past uh, chapter 8, 9, and 10. We're going in, into that zone. We'll move out of that zone in eighteen twenty one. Matthew eighteen twenty one. Uh Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Well, it's still being brought up the whole time. I tell you the truth, not seven times, 70 times seven. He's constantly, without fail, bringing them back to a true truism, a truth. I am here to remove your sin, your past sins, and not count your future sins against you. The whole thing. So you start, you say, how would he get people to believe that? Well, you look up, and there's one miracle after the other. Well, yesterday we talked about the the, the miraculous. One one. He heals many, the man with leprosy, the faith is a centurion. In other words, uh, Jesus calmed the storm. They were all scared to death. The healing of two demon-possessed men. Now we get in chapter 9, he heals a paralytic. So you start reading, you add miracles, things that are outside time and space, and you look up and you say, what do we have here on planet Earth that that is saying these things and and showing you things that are beyond scientific uh, reasoning. It's supernatural. All these events are all supernatural. Well, you just look up and you see one person doing all these things. I came away with this one conclusion. Yeah, you know, before you say that, let's take a break. So one of the things that uh, we have to deal with, unfortunately. Uh, these days is inflation. Uh, things seem to be getting higher. Dad, you don't do a lot of shopping, so you probably wouldn't know this, but I bet Dan could tell you things are higher 
things are much higher, like lumber, lumber duck blind building, gas with paint, yep. all, that's the, all of it's higher. But it could be transitory. It could be, but they predict that it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately. So one of the things, so everybody's trying to figure out where you can cut some cost. And one of our uh, sponsors is a company called Gabby Insurance. And what they do is they help you cut some costs on your uh, car insurance or, you know, auto insurance. So they're really good. They basically compare the top 40 providers to what you currently have. And it's it's free to use. They never sell your info, which is really good. Lisa and I have used them. It saved us about what they save on average, which is about 80 bucks a month, which is almost a thousand bucks a year. So in, in times when things are going up, this is a good way to save some money. So if we love Gabby, they've, like I said, they saved me money. So if you want to check these guys out, go to Gabby.com. That's G-A-B-I.com slash unashamed. Start your savings. It's totally free to check them out. So all you're going to do is just find out how much money you can save. Gabby.com slash unashamed. I came away with one conclusion, Jace. This is for you. All right. Jesus Christ <laughs> is... Our Superman. Oh, yeah. he's our ah, Superman. I like that. You, you get my point? Yeah. In other words, because he's saying things that you've never heard of before. Love your enemies. I mean, well, you need to get that Kay, work. You need to get Kay to write a letter to Hollywood and tell them that. Yeah. Well, look, so I didn't know Dad was going to do this today, but in Superman, oh, you're making me nervous. In right Superman style, you know, Superman had his suit on underneath. Look what I have underneath. Yeah. yeah. We, did you leave one of those shirts on my table? I did. I did. Oh, okay. That's from our yeah. 316 So uh, just an overarching point, all you people who are listening out there. That's the gospel symbols. <laughs> to For us. those of you listening, I showed it on my chair. To us. If you're going to prove us wrong, well, get your history books and, and, and tell me about what you see when Jesus said this, that, and the other, and what he did. He died on a cross. Three days later, he told him he was going to do it. That's coming up in Matthew 16. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem. They're going to kill me. Three days I'll rise from the dead. I'm going to forgive all your sins, and I'll raise you from the dead. I am Superman. I can do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. somebody starts making that claim, but when you go over there to see who the guy is talking and you watch what he does and you see paralytics jumping up and people heal of leprosy, you're like, good night. He may be Superman. Well, to us, he is our Superman. It's yeah. a good point. But to me, don't you think that Superman was based on Jesus? Yeah, I would he was, think. He was from another we, planet. We've got he, he could fly. He was ra- he could fly. He <laughs> we, was raised by people that weren't his real parents. He Even could, we well, make human constructs on on a Jesus well, because we have a Look, record. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Superman, Spider Man, Batman. All these <laughs> people were created with. Jesus a skill set in some way. Right. That's right. And now they'll take credit for it, but they're lying. And I'll just finish with this. And then you go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you get in the book of Acts. Oh, you know, look, Acts 531, 1043. You start reading all these. Let's say you just go with one of them. Acts 5, what did I say? Acts 531. Uh, Yeah, watch this. Acts 5.31, and this comes up over and over and over. You, you, uh, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead. We're going back to the Gospels. 
whom you had killed by hanging on a tree, God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior, listen, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins. It's always in there. So if you just get to reading, you go through Acts 10, 43, Acts 13, 38, Acts 20, removal of sin, removal of sin, removal of sin. You get to the epistles, 1, 7. Uh, let's see. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So you read that, and then you say, and over and over and over, you, you get to Colossians, Colossians 1, 14. Usually when they start the letters, uh, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. It's over and over and over and over. But when you first run up on him, you're like, who is that? Well, once you you start seeing miracles, you're saying, what is all this about? It goes back to when the angel told Mary, call him Jesus because he'll remove the sins of his people. That is the, that's the bedrock of our entire discussion when you're looking through any of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the forgiveness of sins. I only bring that up because this world we live in, the reason there's so many suicides and and no peace of mind and and just, just loneliness and people are just feel like nobody loves them and they just can't get on the right track and, they, and all of these, these things are happening. Al, if you look at it, a psychiatrist would say, well, these people, you know, they need psychiatric. All they need is forgiveness. If they knew they were forgiven, it, it, it's okay. Right. Your, your sins are behind you. God, God has removed them through Jesus. That's why he came. Come on. So hmm. it's it's still a tough sale. It was a tough sale in the first century. Look what they did to the forgiver of sins. Thought if they killed him, that'd be the end of him. That's how their sins got removed. Right. What a story. It is. So, so I just thought I'd give you a little short sermonette here, Jace, this early in the morning. But it's yeah. a good one, I think. I like it. Well, I heard uh, what's, what's a believer's Superman. That's that's Jesus. What's crazy is uh, Sunday I was coming back from Tennessee with my daughter, and I listened to a sermon, top five sermons I've heard, from Pastor Ooh, that, Tom, was a, that was a good one. Yeah, you heard a lot. Tom Lowe, he, he's from West Row, uh, Christ Church. If you want to look it up, I'm sure you can, it's probably still there. But it was on forgiveness. and uh, But what he did was... I think they had had some series that was basically asking the congregation what you would like to hear, and this was like the final one. And it was on forgiveness. Which, is, by the way, is to my point that we need to we need to preach that more, Jay. Yeah, that's what the people asked. How do I forgive somebody? There you go. Which, what I found fascinating, and why I said it was one of the top five sermons I've heard, and. I, and although I missed the last 10 minutes because I literally was about to run out of gas. So I thought, should I? Because I really wanted to listen to it, but I was looking at the E and I thought, you know what? 
this is about forgiveness, but over. it's also I'll about just pull over just and hear the end of the sermon. Then gives well, me. that's what I thought. But once you stop, <laughs> and then people are, hey, Dad, can you give me some money, and I'm pumping gas, and people blowing the horn. You know how it is. They all need forgiving, Jake. They all need. But I just heard a great sermon. But what he did, which was what I was going to say, is he started with this God with us. You know, God didn't just decide to like arbitrarily, like he healed the one when, when the centurion said, just give the word. He had to show he, up in person. He showed up and decided to do this with us, not just for us. He he did it with us. And the reason I keep saying that, because I'm, I'm making a strong point about that, because that really matters. If you're viewing Christianity as what God can do for me, instead of he did, he wants to do this with us, that's why he came down here. That's why he went through all the emotions. And then when he got on the cross, I mean, think about it. They tried to kill him when he was a baby, and this was basically his lesson. And at every turn, the religious people, who should have been the most supportive people in the world for what he's trying to do, yeah. they're persecuting him and blasting him. He's being falsely accused. I mean, at every, they're doing at us the same every way. turn, he, there wasn't a materialistic bone in his body. None of that. I mean, you're talking about the only A plus person to live here yeah. as an adult. I mean, A plus. Yeah. And he, you find him up on the cross after all his disciples had abandoned him, which is he's been betrayed. I mean, it's just every bad thing you can think of. And, and, what, the, and the word is, Jace, his final words forgive them. Well, that's what I was getting to. No, that was the first thing he said when he got up on the cross. And so he, but his lesson, the reason it was so powerful is because he went through every bad thing that happened to him from people. And the first thing he said when they hoisted him up was forgive, forgive them. So, I mean, no, it was, it was, it was a good one. Which I, proves I, my point out with all the texts, you add them all up. Well, he, in, in one little sentence, he says, forgive them. Well, all, all the way, all but, the way to death. But to finish my thought, I just want—I thought of this illustration, which may be PG thirteen, but I think it gets the point because I don't think people—they don't think it matters when they're in a church setting and they're like, "Well, what is God?" They're—they're they're only looking at Jesus and what He did through the the eyes of it's you know for me. It's almost like, "What can He do for me? What did He do for me?" I mean, instead of what He did for. That's hey. why. That's uh, why. Are, are you wanting a miracle today? Well, the well, miracle of uh, removing your sin has already taken place. Which is yeah. the hardest. Let's take a break. But I heard I heard a joke one time that I think illustrates my point. It's like let's say you're back in the dating world, because if you don't think that's a big deal, you're back in the dating world. This is just to illustrate my point, and so. You ask your, your young lady friend here one of two questions. You can say, would you like to dance with me? Gentlemen, you know, that, that's. So let's say you ask her, would you like to dance for me? There's now all of a sudden you went from a gentleman to a creep. <laughs> I've, I've never actually viewed. I've never, well, I've never asked either one of those questions, Jace. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to make a point. There is a difference. 
in the way you're viewing this relationship. There is. And one of them is completely self-motivated, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. And you just try that in marriage, and guess what? Same thing's not going to work. I mean, maybe unless you reach a point in communication where, (laughs) you know, but that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. You can go on the kitty podcast, talk about that. Jeff. Um, so look, so back to your Superman thing, Dad. So I looked it up. I Googled it, as they say. And um, a man named Jerry Siegel did the first Superman comic book, introduced him in June of 1938. Really? June 19. So what was happening in June of 1938? The rise of a man named Adolf Hitler that was then beginning to try to take over the world, who we call the evil axis. So it is interesting that at a point of complete evil, someone produced a character, a superhero, that had the qualities of Jesus in a lot of really uncharacteristic ways. So it's pretty amazing. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see the believers, Superman... Put him beside Hitler, Karl Marx. Put him beside Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Just put our Superman beside him and look at the two and say, what do you think? Yep. Well, the problem is they're never getting past what's on the outside. The difference would be rather stark. Yeah. But Jesus looked homeless, and he didn't have the pedigree on where he was from or the education. Nope. You know, he, he did. He had a greater education than any person on the planet, but because he had divine education. But, but still, it just wouldn't. He wouldn't get past the front door, which is why he, he didn't. But isn't it interesting that back to the Superman analogy that when you watch ninety years of this character through time, as people have written him and movies and all that, and they went from this guy who came here to save the planet, to be in... Help others. Yeah, and he, but he winds up being, now he's got the girlfriend who becomes the wife and, and like, all these human problems. And they've humanized him to the point that they took out his the fact of why he came to begin with. It, but isn't it interesting how human, you know, mindsets are? Yeah. It's just, you know, in other words, we want to take that away from him, which they did the same thing with Jesus. You know, there was a movie, I think it was called The Last Temptation of Christ, that they did a few years ago, and in the movie he sleeps with Mary Magdalene, I think. Some, so I never saw the movie because I didn't want to support yeah. it. But the idea was they were like, "Oh, we're going to humanize him to the point of make him like everybody else." Yeah, but, he's a, he's as sinful as the rest of right. us, right? But the the that's the bottom line. He was fully human. He did totally understand us, but he did not sin. No, but he had the reputation for being a sinner. He did. He ran around, which we'll get to that in Matthew 11. But I think y'all, y'all got the heart of Matthew 9 in the paralytic because we've had all these these uh, different miracles, and this is the first one where you see him not only establish his authority over the physical, and we talked about the spiritual realm and all that, but now he's saying, I have the power to forgive sins. What's interesting is this same story, uh, Matthew just does a little blurb on it, but if you go read the Mark 2 version of the same story, you know, this is the one where the four guys come and tear out the hole in the roof Mm -hmm. and then lower him down. They couldn't get the guy to Jesus. And here's what's fascinating. He says, with some men brought to him a paralytic lying on the mat, when Jesus saw their faith, 
Yeah. He said to the paralytic. So it, it wasn't even the guy on the mat. He looked at the faith of the four guys that ripped a hole in the roof, and he said, now there's some faith. But think about it, Al. Those, those, I want friends like that. Exactly. You just think about what they did. I mean, there's a lot of lessons in this this one parable. I mean, I think another one is, why did he tell him to take his mat? He didn't need it anymore. Because mm. I think he didn't want him to forget. Yeah. You know that that because then that's the way the evil one works. The guy's down, he's a paralytic. He has this awesome thing happen, and then, so what does the evil one do? Well, then he comes at you with pride, or you know, it, it's just a diff- the game then changes in the spiritual warfare of things. But I mean, unless y'all can think of something else, they, they get up, okay, go home, yeah, take your mat. <laughs> Seemed like you could have left it behind. You know, <laughs> you used to be inextricably tied to that, but now you're not. I yeah. just think you wanted him to remember. I mean, that's just what yeah. I think. I never thought about but, it. I hadn't either, but it's a good point. But I also like the idea about the friends because I think he was saying the same thing. They were, I mean, you just think if you had an inner circle with people like that, if that was your inner circle, who would. Because you know, I think this was Peter's house. Can you imagine? Right. That's why I, mean, I, th- I thought, what did Peter's wife, wife think when the, all of a sudden all the uh, air, uh, the roof There started. goes my roof. <laughs> I mean, I've had kids <laughs> s- spill stuff. I've had stuff stolen, you know, at a house church. Oh, you know, we oh, yeah. have my medical we, cabinets rummaged through oh, looking for Same whatever. thing happened to us. You know, oh, all yeah. this stuff. But you tear a hole in my roof? Yeah. You start, well, I'm going to say time out. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so McIntosh was in town this week, and we were talking about the first time we had house church. We, Lisa and I were living in a little trailer, and it was right when all those guys were first converted. So we were having a group in the living room of that trailer. Of course, they're all young. So Philip and Bill Phillips get, get start wrestling in my living room and go into my wall. I mean, they one of them pushed the other one into the wall. Well, you know, a, especially back in these days, the 80s, mobile homes, they're built a little bit better now. Yeah, They caved in. the, And I'm renting the trailer. They caved in an entire wall oh. in my trailer. You can laugh now. I can laugh about it now. It was not funny at the time. But I was like, what are you, what are y'all, eight years old? You're, you're, you know, you're grown men. You know, they were 18, 19, 20 years old. And I was like, "You've just destroyed this." I don't, and I can't. I Which know. goes to show you why you why you shouldn't be in there during a tornado or a hurricane. If <laughs> exactly. two two men wrestling can tear out a wall it's, in your house, it's probably not the safest yeah. place. The other question is, if you're there to give them spiritual guidance, what are they doing back there? Banging each other up against walls. Well, they're it's just a tough sell out there. Uh, I, I think that's more just being young, and that's what it is. I mean, that's, Willie used to try. That's why we fought so much. He well, was right. constantly trying to do, wrestle me because yep. he had me outweighed by forty pounds. Let's, let's take a break. Well, that's exactly right. Here, but here's what happened. So we move out. So I, so my father-in-law comes up and fixes it. But you know, I mean, he wasn't really a carpenter. But I didn't have any money. I was an intern working for the church. And so when we leave the trailer, I get this letter from the owner. And she said, you know, has a list of things that, you know, weren't didn't weren't good when I left the place. 
And, you know, I I, I, I fretted over because she said, I'm going to sue you, you know, and I thought, sue me. I mean, I, I literally am living on about $800 a month. <laughs> and so I thought, what am I going to do? And so I just went to her and I just fell on the sword. I was like, look, I'm poor. I'm a, I'm a preaching student intern. I work for the church. We had a lot of people in the trailer. I, I, I know we did some damage. I'm sorry. If I had any money, I'd give it to you, but I got nothing. And I just looked at her, and she was like, well, I understand. I really appreciate you coming by. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, I would think I, I that would work. That story. I think I, yeah. that would work. In my opinion, one percent. <laughs> well, it was the Maybe. all of it was the truth. Of course, was this a modern called, day? You could have called me, Al, and said, "You know, you are the buffalo running down there, the catfish, because I'm well, because I was making uh, about a thousand, which is two hundred more than you were doing." <laughs> That's why I didn't come to you, Dad. I mean, there was nowhere to go. A friendly finance wasn't going to loan me any money, you know. No. So, but Al, you were in that that stage of life where someone came in and stole your identity. Your your credit score would probably go up. <laughs> you had nothing. We had nothing. And yeah. but I, but it is a lesson. It's funny because I just saw our son recently, and uh, I was telling him this story. I said, I don't know if I ever told you this story about your mom because she was my landlord, and he was laughing. He was like, I never knew that. She never said anything about it, but. It, what it what it shows is that some that honesty is always best. I mean, she could have just said, "Oh, you're lying" or whatever. But I was being truthful, one hundred percent. I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, I know I feel bad about what happened, but I was doing it for because of you know because you're like of, two guys were wrestling. <laughs> and I was trying to. Yeah, so help we had them. a lot of people. We were giving them the Lord, and they started wrestling, <laughs> and one of them accidentally bumped it because W can move. Some material. Yeah, he was, was he in on this scrap. He's the one that went in the wall. Oh, Philip, yeah. Philip took him into the wall. And he's yeah. always been a uh, a uh, pretty good sized dude. Husky, husky. Yeah, we call that. I mean, as in scary. Like if he <laughs> fell on you, call nine one one. So, yep. so to the point of in the text, the house just became the place. But you know one of the things I've always thought was interesting. And Jay's this is a lot of times I think about this and people in modern day where you kind of have your seat and your pew or your whatever that's mm. your spot. There was all these people that were crowded in there. They weren't doing anything wrong because they were there to hear Jesus. But this guy couldn't get, they couldn't get him to Jesus because all these people are there. And I, I bet at first before they did the hole in the wall, they probably were trying to get in there. Hey, can you let us through? We got this guy. Hey, too, many, get, too many people. Yeah. Get out of here. You know, we're listening here. And I think about that even in modern times. Sometimes when you don't think about the person trying to get in, mm-hmm. but you're only thinking about yourself and your position. I don't know what was done about the collateral damage. It doesn't say, you know. Well, if Jesus was a carpenter, maybe he fixed it. Yeah. Well, well, if you can forgive sins and make a <laughs> he paralytic walk, oh, you can fix, fix that the roof. roof without that. Yeah, silly commercial. The right. guy with all the seal stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is the most. Yeah. I don't. I hate bringing him up because I don't. I, I don't want. It's, it's the most ridiculous commercial. And yet it works because you remember it. Yeah. So anyway, so he tells him he he forgives him. But look in the last verse in verse eight. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. Which I thought was interesting. They still don't really. He said he's got he he got some authority, yay for him. But they they didn't realize 
Uh, he is God. He, yeah. yeah. Which is the whole reason why he was called Emmanuel, which I think is nobody ever hardly brings that up anymore. He wanted to be with us. Right. He wanted them to understand. And them, I mean us. He, he's here. We have this document that the whole reason we're going to get into the next chapter, because he looks around and well, he's not going to run out of people to help. Right. That's why he said they're harassed and they're helpless. So then he's like, I tell you what, let's let's get a workforce. Yep. I'm gonna give you the power. But it's like at every turn, he was wanting to be with us, not only to help, but to work alongside. No, you with make us. a good point because when we talk about our little symbols that we do with the gospel, that arrow coming down, that's as much a gift as the cross uh-huh. next to it. Yeah, you but it, it's that the least point. talked was, about yeah. why he was here. Right. Yeah, which, look, I didn't wake up and think about it. We just read in the text. The more I got to reading these stories and what happened, and was like, well, he was making a point to literally feel every possible situation and enter himself into it and just be a be a guy Hey, w- with some with a with a skill set to help. I don't know of one he didn't cover. Yeah, right. You know, was it John said? Look, look. This is just some of the things written down. I mean, if all of it was written down, the books wouldn't hold it. Right. So he was doing way more than what we even read. Right. According to John. So they so we call it the incarnation, which is Greek incarnate in flesh, the idea that God in flesh is what was so special. And so, you know, there wouldn't be any of the cross, mm-hmm. the tomb, and all the other aspects unless well, we appreciate my, the gift of him coming. My conclusion from reading up to this point, chapter 9, chapter 10 of Matthew, is we're spending way too much time in a church building. Yeah. Because he, this was all about life. And, oh, and yeah. with people. And, you know, he's looking and having compassion. And so, I mean, I know it's, you know, the gospel message is what pricks someone's heart. But there's no way you can read the first nine chapters and not realize that we got a responsibility to go out there and be compassionate towards people and, and be is, there, uh, in, you know, in their misery. This is Monday through Saturday Christianity. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, let's take yeah. our last break. But don't you think there's an element to this story, too, that's like the one we did in John 9, back when we studied John, where... The disciples look over and there's a man there and he's been born blind because here this paralytic, I don't know how long he's been paralyzed, probably his whole life, but whatever happened to him, he winds up paralyzed. But the way people looked at these people in that day, in that culture, in that time, all of ancient time, is that somebody messed up for him to be like this. In other words, yeah. this is somebody's fault. It's Because yep. remember when they asked the question, did, did the parents sin or did this guy sin? Yet he was born blind. So I get the same element from this story. It's like people could walk by this guy, except for these four friends, and say, eh, you know, oh, poor sack. You know, so somebody yeah. somebody must have messed up because he wound up like this. He and, messed up somewhere. And, well, and Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. He, he went straight to the heart of the matter that, look, I've got the power to forgive or heal, yeah. but both are found in me. I mean, I think you make a good point. And even with the the woman who it said she had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, you know, in chapter 9 and mm-hmm. verse 20. And when you read in the, do some background on that in the Leviticus account, I mean, she couldn't even be touched, nor she, could she touch anyone. Right. She was considered unclean. So she, 
That's why she said in verse 21, if I can only touch his cloak, she she was more like... She didn't want to contaminate him. Yeah, because then he would be unclean. And so, but here Jesus turned and saw her, which doesn't sound like a lot, but these people were not... look. You didn't look these people in the eyes. That's right. They were considered... Not, number one, she was a woman, and they were mistreated for just being a woman. And right. you, you, you talk about a different situation. Even now today, it's a little weird over there about how they view women. And uh, here he saw her, and he's like, take heart, daughter, your faith is healed. And the woman, you know, was healed that moment. But I just thought having that one little moment, it's just a few verses, but he took something as, as such an outcast in that and made her feel. But you know what's in, interesting, in Jace, when you read the Mark 5 account of it again, you get a little more flavor. She she touches it, and instantly she feels something happened. Because, you know, it's not something you could just kind of know unless you checked that you finally quit bleeding, you know, this woman. But she knew. She felt in her body that something changed. And Jesus looks around, and he's like, who touched me? And, of course, there's all these people around him, and the disciples are like, who touched him? I mean, there's got people everywhere. And he said, no, somebody touched me. I mean, it's almost yeah. like he was calling attention to her, to your yeah. point. It was right. like, and then that made her speak out. But, I mean, that was powerful. Well, he does that in one breath, and then the next, it's like the next verse in 23, he entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, which, which I did some research on that. That was like mandatory if someone died. You had to at least have two, two flute players and a, and a wailing woman. <laughs> you had to pay that. Yeah. And so they say, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep because we got a dead girl here. But they laughed. Well, the, after the crowd had been they put. Don't, they seem to be too upset. Well, that's why I'm saying that they, they had hired. Well, they had hired. Well, you had to do that. And that was just their custom. And then they're not too upset, but they're like, well, no, she's dead. I mean, I think more they were laughing too at like, you're, you're fixed to be embarrassed because she's dead. <laughs> but he could have left them all in the room and said, well, watch this. But he cleared the room, and he took the girl by the hand, and she got up. And I just thought, was he experienced this moment with her? That, you know, a dead girl coming back to life, I can't imagine. I mean, you've got to kind of fill in the blanks here. But all the blanks are good that you fell in with this moment that happens right here. I mean, I just thought these are two obscure women knowing how the culture is toward women. And one of them, outcast is not a strong enough word. And another one we've given up on because she's dead, which is time to give up. And in he, fact, he, the people are, this was Jarius again in Mark five, you can get a little bit more of the story. He, they, when he said he was going to go get Jesus, they were like, what? Don't bother him. You know, she's dead. But he had so much faith that he went anyway. And so, Jay, to your point, in the Mark version of it, as he put everybody out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples and went in where the child was. So he let the parents go in there because it was the dad's faith that was going to save her. And then I think about dad, the way he said this. You have the, the, the you know, uh, Aramex, what he said. And, and the, it means... Little girl, I say to you, get up. Some reason I think about dad when I think about that little girl. Mm -hmm. Guess what he's telling? He said, little girl, get up. 
And then she's 12 years old. She gets up in that moment. And I thought, man, you talk about powerful. Yeah. You know, to get to witness that. And then her family, at this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about it. Of course, we know from Matthew, the whole news spread all through the region. He kept telling me, yeah, don't say anything about this. But it's almost like, to me, it's like a joke because he knows they're going to go tell everybody about it. I mean, how would you not? She was dead. They knew it. And now she's up walking around. Yeah. I mean, how can you not talk about that? Well, I think that's why it's interesting that, you know, we have the, the blind man in the next miracle follow him, and they're hollering, have mercy on us. And he's like, do you believe I'm able to do? Yes. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. And then he's like, see that no one knows about this. So that he says it again. Yeah. But then in the next miracle, what I find ironic and almost comical is there's a guy demon possessed who can't talk. So this is the perfect candidate if you want to keep this a secret. But no, he <laughs> he, he threw out, out the demon, demon, and now he can talk. And so he's like, here we go again. I, I thought you didn't want this to get out. Yeah, and he's going to be telling everybody. But I think there is something. It's like Jeremiah, that you know, the first verse I think we learned when we went to school there because Jeremiah went, what, 40 years, was persecuted, and no converts. And then he's like, you know, if I say I won't, mention him or speak anymore in his name, I, I can't help it. There's a fire in me. I, I can't hold it in. You know, yeah. I'm weary of holding it in. But I, I, I think it's the same thing with us, that those that experience Jesus in a personal way, in a daily lifestyle, you know, you just you just can't help it. Right. I mean, they're, especially when you're in evil environments and you're kind of pushed against the wall. I mean, me personally, I just, I just can't help it in that moment because right. I'm looking around trying to view them like Jesus would. And you have the same conclusion that he did that they're helpless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd, which goes to my other point about, you know, why do we have chickens? If, if this was all an evolving thing, why do we have sheep? Yeah. Sheep have to have a shepherd. Yeah, it's kind of ironic, but the Pharisees said, the most religious people on the face of the earth, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. I don't know how you could come to that conclusion. <laughs> because they couldn't face the reality that he was the son of God. So then you make that well, up. What's even more sad, it's like a lot of religious people today, is they were sincerely mistaken. Yeah. But that, that mistake, has has a lot of consequences. No, that had a big cost for them because they kept a lot of people in the dark for 40 years until and then AD 70 comes along and they got annihilated. Oh, yeah. And he said, it's coming. Judgment's coming. You better get on board. Yep. But they never did, which is unfortunate. All right. We'll pick it up next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.